0: Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 44, and it's going to come up on the screen as well. Matthew 13, starting at 44 The parable of the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, He goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. The parable of the pearl of great value. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Oh, this is the word of the Lord. I really mustn't forget that bit. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Catherine.
1: Smashed it. Um, Hello, everybody. My name's Tom. I'm the worship pastor here. Uh, I look after the worship life of the church. Um, I'm going to sit down for this talk. Did it a couple of times over the summer. Really liked it. Bit more casual. Uh, There we go. Um, uh, I wonder what comes to your mind... Uh, when I say the word evangelism, evangelism, just let that word sink in. We've been thinking about Alpha this morning. Uh, all sorts of things might come to your mind. Uh, you know, maybe you're all for it. Um, also, I've just realised my my notes aren't loading on my iPad. That's fun. Um, maybe you're all for evangelism. Uh, you're like. On alpha team, you're like going for it. You're like you've been hearing the stories. You're like get me out there, let me share my faith, let it happen. Uh, Maybe you're not like that. Maybe you're like me, uh, and kind of you get this sort of bubbly, nervous feeling as you think about sharing your faith. Um, It's almost like this kind of like visceral feeling that bubbles up, and you think, um, uh, what if they say no? You know, what what if they think I'm weird? Um, What if they laugh at me? What if they like tell the whole rest of the office Um, and and they tell them I've gone insane and then I have to leave my job and then I'll have to like move to Peru and never talk to anybody ever again and my life will be over and it's the worst. Maybe you feel like that. evangelism can make us feel all sorts of things just want to acknowledge that in the room Um, and you know we've been in this little series uh, recently just a little mini series on um, called the greatest is love all about becoming people of love and how we can do that and we believe um, that there's nothing more loving that we could do than share Jesus with the people around us that's why we're talking about Alpha today it's Alpha Sunday Um, but what I want to do now is sort of offer a a pastoral word into that because lots of you are probably with us on that. Yeah, it's the greatest loving thing we can do to share Jesus, but we feel all these feelings about it and we're scared to do it. And so what I want to do is offer a pastoral word into that situation. So really the question for today is how do we overcome that feeling, that nervousness? How do we overcome, how do we more than that, not just overcome it to do it, but how do we build a passion in us to share Jesus How do we become a people who have a passion to share Jesus? And so my prayer is that faith would be stirred up this morning and that we wouldn't just feel like we're being told to invite people to Alpha or share our faith, but that we would actually want to because we know who he is. And so Father, I pray that you come by your spirit now. Use what I'm going to say to show us Jesus and give us a passion to share him. Holy Spirit come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how do we build a passion for evangelism, for sharing Jesus? I'll give you the answer right at the start. It's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. It's like we're back at Sunday school. Uh, Jesus is the answer. Um, And so we'll unpack that. And and first question, really, um, I wonder if you've ever thought, why is the gospel good news? That's what the word gospel means. We often talk about sharing the gospel. Um, gospel means good news, but why is it good news? I don't know if you've ever thought of that. Um, now there are loads of good things that come from the gospel: um, forgiveness, transformation, healing, peace, eternal life, all these things are amazing good things. But I want to suggest that they are not ultimately why the gospel is good. The gospel is ultimately good because of the person of Jesus at the centre of it. He is the one that has ultimate value and brings value to all of those other things. Um, A guy called Mike Reeves, who's a theologian and writer, who wrote a little book called The Good God um, about the Trinity and it changed the way that I think about God. I highly recommend it. He says this, through the gospel, I have not just been given this package of blessing, I have been brought to know Christ And that makes real sense of the Christian life and of holiness. I've not just been given some package of good things. I have been brought to know Christ. In other words, God is the gospel. God is the gospel. If we had all of the other benefits of faith, miracles, healings, forgiveness, hope for the future, and yet no personal relationship with God, I think we'd still be left empty. Jackie Hill Perry, writer and pastor in America, says our God is incomprehensibly holy and therefore completely beautiful in all of his ways and works. And this is why we are invited to worship him. The gospel is good news because of the God at the centre of it all, this perfect, good, kind, beautiful, holy God revealed in Jesus. And he's so beautiful that apparently you would sell everything you own just to have him, we read in the passage. Treasure beyond worth, buried in a field waiting to be found. A pearl of greatest price, more valuable than anything else that you own. And it might be hard to do, but just imagine actually doing that. Imagine selling everything you own. All your possessions, your house, whatever you have. Just, it's pretty hard for us Westerners to, to imagine that, but just imagine You've got nothing, you've sold it all, and all you have is Jesus. The way that we feel in that situation reveals something about the things that we treasure, right? The way that we we see Jesus, what we're attached to and what has value to us. And you know, the passage says that you'd be glad to do that, to get to that situation. In his joy, he sold all he had. In his joy, that's what's on offer. It's not some like, oh yeah, get rid of everything, be miserable and just, you've got Jesus. In his joy, he sold all he had just to get this treasure. And you know, our world is desperate for that, for joy. The people we know, the people in our city, they are looking for it. They are looking for joy and the world knows it and it's selling us a knock-off version I wonder if you know that. We've sold out on counterfeit gods, counterfeit treasure, lesser imitations of the real thing. I don't know if anybody watched the, uh, the iPhone announcement a few weeks ago, anybody watched that, the big Apple event? Nobody watched it? Oh, guys, <laughs> that sort of really undermines my point. <laughs> um, Well, I'm guessing a lot of us in this room have an iPhone, you know, and I'm an Apple fanboy. I watched the thing. Um, I will probably get the new phone at some point. You know, I'm not bashing Apple. Um, They are a great company. Um, But I was so struck by that presentation that they gave. It was like they were selling hope and joy. It was like, your life will only be complete if you have this. Sti- um, uh, Tim Cook actually said this, describing the iPhone and the Apple Watch. Their innovative features and industry-leading technologies help improve our lives in so many meaningful and delightful ways. Meaning, delight, improvement, all good stuff. Apple Watch helps us to stay healthy, active and connected, and iPhone impacts just about everything we do. They're with us all the time, and if you left either at home, I bet you'd go back and get it. Gosh. <laughs> That's big. And so basically what, what they're saying and what our culture says, not just Apple, all the other people, you know, all the companies as well, they're basically saying, our product will do it. You're looking for joy. This will do it. A new phone will do it. Really? A new phone, and it's not, it's not just tech companies and things that we are sold, but ideas as well, like um, how often do we hear, just be kind, just be kind, that'll do it. Really, what about when I'm not? <laughs> and it's, I say it slightly in jest, but seriously, there are people in the city that that's all they have, a new phone, just be kind. What about when I'm not? Get what you can while you can. Sex, drugs, money, status, you'll be happy if you just do this, earn this, buy this. Honestly, a new phone will do it. What is any of that compared to Jesus? When the storms of life come, when the diagnosis comes, when you're struggling to make ends meet, when the relationship breaks down, when you don't know what to do next? What is any of that? The Bible says that without Jesus, it's like you're building your house on sand. It just blows away when the wind comes. But with Jesus, he'll never fail you. He'll never leave you. forsake you he's your ever present help in times of trouble he is the rock on which you can build your house and your life constant faithful trustworthy true good powerful kind unfailing eternal treasure and so when the rains come when the wind blows we can say it's going to be okay I'm going to make it through Not because of me or anything else, because of Jesus. I'm going to make it through. I promise you nothing in all the world compares to that. And so before we think about evangelism and sharing him, is that who he is to you? Is that who he is to you today? Have you gained this treasure worth more than anything else in the world? Maybe you never have. Maybe, maybe you're exploring faith. He is what's on offer. Receive him today. Or maybe you do know him and you need a reminder. Because I think we all do. I do. We need reminding of this. Our, the reality is that our hearts and our minds wander from this treasure between the weeks. Um, it's, like, it's almost like... Um, going to a gallery and there's a picture that you've seen a million times and when you first saw it it like you were transfixed by it and then you've been so many times it's just sort of lost its lost its shine or seeing you like your favorite movie but you've seen it one too many times so you're just you know it is what it is we all need reminding we become familiar overly comfortable with the idea of Jesus and before you know we're drifting into lesser things that's That's what I see church as. It's why it's important that we come here together every week because we all forget, we all need reminding. I need reminding of who he is and what he means. And so just receive afresh all that he is today. He's a person, not an idea. And so you can come back to him every week and talk to him again. Ask him again, show me who you are, remind me who you are. Thank God for Jesus. And so can you see, when you have this vision of Jesus, sharing him becomes way less intimidating. Way less intimidating. What if they laugh at me? I've got Jesus. What if they think I'm weird? So what? I've got Jesus. And for real, if you're living in certain places in the world, it's not what if they laugh at me, Laugh at me. it's what if they kill me? And I don't say that to guilt us, but that's the reality. And the answer is exactly the same. So what? I've got Jesus. In his joy, he sold all he had. There's nothing more valuable that we can share with the people around us than Jesus. And so here's the learning for evangelism. Unless I know who Jesus really is, I'll never have a passion for evangelism. Not a passion. I might do it occasionally because the vicar told me to, but I never have a passion unless I know who Jesus really is, if that's who he is to me. Um, The way that I think of this is um, sort of like Barbie. Uh, Did anybody see Barbie? Great. You didn't watch the iPhone event, but you watched Barbie. Uh, uh, Everyone was talking about Barbie. It was like everywhere, right? Everyone was talking about Barbie. Why were they talking about Barbie? Because they thought it was good, right? They thought it was good. It's worth seeing. Yeah, you should all go see it. It's great. We talk about the things that we love and that we think are really good. And now there's totally room for people today if you didn't like Barbie. You're wrong, but you're welcome here. Um, But that's the point. We share what we love, right? We share what we love. Anne Judson uh, who you might not have heard of, she's a 19th century missionary to Southeast Asia, amazing woman of faith. Um, she said this about her, um, her conversion to Christianity. Chief happiness, it's pretty big, chief happiness now consisted in contemplating the perfections of God, knowing him, how beautiful he is, and I longed for all people to love him. You see who he is and you long for other people to know This is how it works. This is the motivation. Because we've seen Jesus, how incredibly good he is, we want to share. We long for people to know him like we do. And evangelism goes from something we're nervous about to something that we love to do. Christians are people who can't help but share what they've found. I've seen who he is. And now I long for my friends, family, city to experience what I've experienced. And if we're living in that mindset, we jump at a chance to share Jesus. And so if only there was some simple way that we could get people in front of Jesus to ask their questions in a non-confrontational environment with great food and concise helpful videos that put Jesus on a plate and give an opportunity for people to invite the Holy Spirit in and give their lives to Jesus. If only there was somewhere like that. I'm talking about Alpha. We've heard about it already. Um, And for real, Alpha is such a gift. And I really want you to see that this talk is not just a plug for Alpha. Because we're not ultimately committed to Alpha. We're committed to Jesus. We're people who have seen him and want to be seeing more of him and more people to see him. And we just think that Alpha is the best way to share him. And that's why we talk about it so much. Um, That's all it is. It's just come and see, come and see Jesus. That's all that Alpha is. Um, Ask your questions, get it all out there, dig down, see what you think. That's all that Alpha is. I first ran Alpha, uh, it was in the pandemic actually, because it was on Zoom. Uh, And I can honestly say, I'd known Jesus since I was like 12, but I ran Alpha on Zoom and I can honestly say, I came away from Alpha more hungry for Jesus, more amazed at who he is, more in love with him, because that's what it does. It just goes, here he is. And you talk about him with other people and you see other people come to know him and you see him move in people's lives. And it's thrilling. So we're not committed to Alpha, we're committed to Jesus. If a better way comes along, we'll do it. But for now, it works. And the invite is so easy, guys, I promise you. It's just a text, just come along. Ask your questions, see what you think. Just a text, come along, I'll go with you. The videos do the work for you, you don't have to have a theology degree. I think that sometimes that's the nervousness. It's like, oh, what if they ask a question I don't know the answer? Um, there's, so much. There's, there's a group of people you share, the videos are amazing, you don't have to have a theology degree. It's so easy. And so many people in this room, I mean, we heard stories already, but so many people in this room are here because someone invited them to Alpha. Things that are happening in our city, mission that's happening, amazing things that are being done in our community are happening because that person was invited to Alpha and they've seen Jesus and he's transformed their life. So yes, we talk about it a lot, but it's only because we actually believe that Jesus is who he says he is. We want people to know as well. The pearl of great price, treasure beyond anything else in the world. We want people to know him. And that's the point, just as we come into land. There is a city of people out there who do not know him. People in your life, around you, in your workplace, family, friends maybe maybe names are coming to mind right now. Maybe a name. And they don't know. They don't know. They're looking for something solid to build their life on and all they've got is sand. And you're stood on the rock. They don't know. How are they going to find out? How can they believe in the one whom they've not heard and how can they hear unless someone tells them, Romans 10? Will you tell them? The people in your life will you tell them what if the 4th of October was the start of them finding out what if